Hello, and welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And we are back with yet another episode of The Wilderness Years because that has been extended by two or three episodes. Because if you listened last time, Ren and I tried to do Silver Surfer 1 to 10 and realized that is way too many issues to do in one episode. So we're going to do, we did 1 to 5 last time, and this time we're doing 6 to 10. So obviously that means same guest. Hey, Ren. What's up? Hey, how, how, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to get to this next set of the first year of Silver Surfer. As am I. Yeah, I, I have all the issues queued up. I'm ready to go. All right. So I guess there's no point in a big preamble. So hold on a sec, people. Drop in a quick synopsis of all five issues. Or as quick as I can be for five issues. I actually haven't done written a synopsis yet for the first five. So we'll see how well that goes. <laughs> but we'll be right back after whatever that end up being. Silver Surfer issues six through ten. Writer Steve Englehart, pencils and colorist Marshall Rogers, inker Joe Rubenstein, letters Kim Brusniak and John Workman. Cover art by Marshall Rogers, Joe Rubenstein, Terry Austin, and Walt Simonson. Editor Michael Higgins. Cover dated December 1987 to April 1988. On sale date, early September to early December 1987. And yes, that's only four months, but according to Mike's Amazing World, both issues 6 and 7 came out in September. Issue 6 on September 8th and issue 7 on September 15th. Maybe that's a misprint. We'll see. Cover price for each issue was 75 cents. You can find these issues reprinted in Marvel Comics Sonderhaft number 38, a German reprint. Nova, number 125 to 129, a 1988 French reprint. Marvel Hit Comic, number 1 to 3, a 1989 German reprint. Silver Surfer, issue number 6 to 10, a 1990 Italian reprint. Essential Silver Surfer, volume 2, from 2007. Silver Surfer Epic Collection, volume 3, from 2015. And Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited and other digital comic sites. Issue 6, War. The Skrulls attack the Kree, taking them by surprise. The Kree plan their counterattack, unaware that a Skrull spy is hidden among them. The Silver Surfer and Mantis learn from the Obliterator that the Elders plan to kill Galactus and thus the universe. When a new universe is reborn, they will be the lone survivors and the newest versions of Galactus. The Silver Surfer and Mantis rush to Earth to stop them, but the Surfer is forced to abandon this plan when Shalabal asks him to protect Zen La. Issue 7, Triangle. The Silver Surfer rushes back to Zen La to protect his home planet from the invading Kree. Meanwhile, Mantis heads to Earth to find out that the Elders plan to use the Soul Gems to kill Galactus. The Elders find out Mantis is spying on them and capture her. The Surfer travels to Kree-Lar to insist that the Supreme Intelligence leave Zen La and Earth out of the new kree Scroll War. The Supreme Intelligence is displeased by the Surfer's threats and uses his Soul Gem to render the Surfer lifeless. Issue 8. Soul, Sweet Soul. The Silver Surfer is trapped in the mind of the Supreme Intelligence. However, no matter how hard he tries to assimilate the Surfer, the Surfer fights back. Eventually, the Surfer realizes he can still control his surfboard. He uses it to free himself from the Supreme Intelligence's mind, taking the mind gem and causing the Intelligence to lose his mind in the process. Meanwhile, Shalabal tries to contact Mantis, but instead draws the attention of the Gardener. Issue 9, Doomsday. The Elders of the Universe hold Mantis and Shalabal hostage until the Silver Surfer brings them the remaining Soul Gem. The Surfer agrees to their bargain, 
but is forced into action when the Grandmaster sends the two women hurling through space, trapped in a ball of energy. He's able to free them from the trap, but this act initiates an explosion from which the Surfer is only able to save Shalabao. The Surfer returns to the Elders for revenge, but instead helps Nova save Galactus from their lethal weapon by exploding a sun and creating a black hole. Galactus saves them from the black hole and promises his own revenge against the Elders. Issue 10. Space is Eternity. Galactus consumes the remaining Elders of the Universe in revenge and asks Nova and the Silver Surfer to find the final Elder for him, the Contemplator. Before the two leave on their mission, they secretly watch Galactus meet with Eternity. Meanwhile, Nanora becomes a Kree Supreme Leader and starts to kill off people who know her secret, that she really is a Skrull spy. Jeff and Merck present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer, analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures, and absorbing alcohol. We got kids with powers, we got villains with attitude. We got superhero guests, like all of them from the Marvel Universe. We have thematically appropriate beer reviews. We have good jokes and bad song parodies. One stop for all your Power Pack pod-pleasing procurements. And we got alliteration. Find Unpacking the Power of Power Pack wherever fine podcasts are played. Costumes on. And we're back. All right. Silver Surfer number six. Seeds of War. So, so I, cover. I think yeah. we're going to change the letterer here. So it's uh, Bruzinek. Oh, yeah. Bruzinek. Bruzinek, yeah. So it's not John Workman anymore. So yep. not, not as many like cool like special effects. But, you know. It was a good way to start the series, though. It is, yeah. And we got this cover here with the Silver Surfer and Mantis overlaid over the uh, Supreme Intelligence, which were, and then we got a couple of the big Kree and Scroll leaders, their heads floating all around on the cover. Don't see me too many floating head covers anymore. Yeah, that's what I've noticed. Like there, there used to be common. Like there's that, um, you know, iconic uh, John Romita cover of Spider-Man and all of his supporting cast, like their heads. Oh, is that the the Death of Gwen Stacy one, I think? That might be it, yeah. Yeah, it's like, one of these people will die. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and it used to be, like, very common. Like, I I used to see it all the time, and now, yeah, there isn't a lot. In fact, um, I used one of those covers, like, I used some of the heads in a drawing class I had a couple weeks ago. Like, I drew the Vision and Black Panther, their heads, and then... uh, the drawing teacher was like, oh, are, are those uh, wrestlers? <laughs> I don't know if that was just my draw, the way I drew them or just that didn't, he didn't know what there were. But yeah, basically, this issue, we have we get into that Kree scroll war more. And we're seeing all the Kree and the scroll try, you know, all their commands trying to figure out how to do how to fight each other. And the fact that the scrolls seem to be knowing what the Kree are planning. And in fact, we're, we're hearing some stuff about how. One of the pink skin pink skin Kree is actually now part of the council as well as part of the Supreme Intelligence, and the, most of the blue skin Kree are not very happy about that. Yeah, like uh, even like the the Kree Supreme Intelligence uh, literally goes like, "You profess the fallacy that I, as the son of the greatest Kree military minds of all time, have somehow impure because some of those minds previously inhabited pink flesh." It's self-evident. Yeah. What's evident is I want you where I can keep an eye on you, where no one can. Understand me? 
Blues are the blues are the original Cree stock. <laughs> Understand me. <laughs> Just goes to show, no matter the race, at least as far as humans concerned, there's always going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Although at least their hatred of the scrolls overrides their hatred of each other. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. They have a common enemy. Uh, yeah, because that's the I, next, next thing he says. I understand that scrolls are worse than any Kree. <laughs> and will suffice. It's like, fine enough. That works, you idiot. It's like, I'm the most intelligent thing you've created. And it's, since you, you think we're the greatest thing in the universe, I am the most intelligent thing in the universe as far as we're concerned. But you still won't believe me on this. <laughs> oh, for the day. Oh. I miss these days when comics were not political at all. There was nothing political <laughs> you could take out of it. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, yeah. Certainly, yeah. But then we head back to the Surfer and Mantis with, uh, oh, the Obliterator. The Obliterator, yeah. The last last issue, you know, the Obliterator attacked them, and then but the Surfer was able, Surfer and Mantis were able to defeat him, and he kind of noted, like, he can't die, or he, he can't doesn't have the capacity to die. Yeah, because the Grandmaster made some kind of deal with death, won a game, and so now none of the Elders can be killed, can die. And since yeah. he's trapped on that planet now with no weapons, and there's it's uninhabited, he can't kill anything. He, he has no purpose, so... He's sad. He's a sad psycho killer. Which is basically all he is. He's a cosmic serial killer. Yeah. Because we get his origin. Version of like the Big Bang, and then yeah, I like how egotistical he is. That his origin starts with the creation of the universe. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's the funniest thing, especially like uh, him going into you know, all the matter spiral became energy. The energy became matter. It cooled off, and then stars were formed, and then galaxies. Like just going into this deep detail about it. And the surface in there looking at his watch going, wrap, come on, wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> but yeah, Apparently he is what? a planet where like all of them have that chin. Like they just. They all have, yeah, similar looking faces like that. Their heads are weird like that. It, it's actually kind of funny. I mean, because they're supposed to he's supposed to be from one of the earlier plant earliest planets that develop life. And the funny thing is, I'm just thinking about it now. He kind of looks like a not fully formed. Like, yeah. if you saw him in real life, he would look like somebody that's like, you know, it's like, you're not done cooking. Yeah, yeah. It's like a like a doll or like a... Yeah, it's like the face. It's like it's more blank than filled in his face. And it's it almost is like, yeah, we were like a, you know, we were like a beta test in the universe. You know, they created a few things to see how it went and didn't go very well. It's like, OK, let's create some things that are a little better, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But apparently he was there and he was really into hunting and killing. And it never left him. And in fact, he might be one of the earliest mutants. Because he says, as an adult, I found that I seemed not to lose my vitality. I consulted Medicons. They told me I was a mutant. That all my all the systems in my body were focused on the body's preservation. You know, possibly my obsession caused a mutation. Possibly a mutation caused my obsession. Yeah, I wonder if we'll see him in the uh, on Karoka anytime soon. 
But so he went and killed everyone on his planet. Yeah, everyone. It's interesting, like, he's dressed like uh, Rambo in this one panel, and he even has, like, the guns. Yeah, and when he's a kid, he looks like someone from the 50s with, like, the Davy Crockett hat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And flip-flops. I didn't even see that. Yeah, the flip-flops. He says, then I expanded my horizon to other worlds. So he went out to other places and started killing. And eventually, one at uh, one place met the gardener and then learned that there were others like himself. Everyone, the last uh, last survivor of whatever early planet that existed, and each of them had, you know, an, a, developed an obsession with something. Yeah. They were the oldest living creatures in the universe. You know, even things that lived like 5,000 years still were like died quickly compared to them. And yeah, then they and learned then... about Galactus, which who had existed in the galaxy universe before that this one, which meant he is older than them. Yeah, and that was, you know, of course, explained in Thor and like a couple issues of Thor where they, they explained his origin. Yeah, yeah, which are pretty wild issues. Yeah. And yeah, so this is the whole reason, I think, for doing this. I mean, there's part here where he says, can you see what that meant to us? We have billions of years to accept that no living thing held a more exalted position than we. But now, now we saw that we, too, were limited. It's just, they're just petty. They want more. They don't like the fact that there's someone else who has more than them. And therefore, that is a bad thing. So we must destroy everything. Because somebody has more than I do. Because apparently, according to their plan, and this is, I guess, I, I know the Marvel Cosmoverse has expanded a bit more because you also have, uh, I think it's like considered four now. Here it's the three, Death, Eternity, and Galactus, but I think Infinity also becomes part of it later on. Yeah, Infinity, yeah. Oh, and Oblivion. Oblivion, yeah. That's right. It's the four of them in Galactus. But I guess the premise still works here is that apparently the two major thing forces are Death and Eternity, with Galactus is almost like a mediating presence. So without Galactus, it, uh, what does it say? It would settle into perfect stasis of as complete perfect opposites. Yeah. And therefore bring about the destruction of reality. And since they can't die at all, when this reality goes, they will still be there. And now they would hopefully then they think they would become the new Galactuses. Yeah, they they become like the new like immortals. It's like ah, oh, you guys are just jackasses. Yeah, they're they're doing this just for completely petty reasons. Yeah, it's weird. I, I guess it's almost like they've been there, been alive so long. They went from like child, you know, they go through the life stages like you know, even if it took a while for the like childish teenager, young adult, adult, old person, and it's almost like they've gone backwards to you know circle back around the child yeah if i can't have it no one can absolutely yeah and they're next and they also find out where they're where the elders can plan to meet next the place where they know galactus can't go because he made a promise to never go there earth oh yeah yeah they even know the fantastic four number two oh i thought yeah yeah 244 yep where they saved the life of galactus <laughs> poor, poor surfer. He's like, Earth, am I always be plagued by that place? Every couple of issues, I have to go back to that damn thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, think about, we're at issue six. He left, he was there in issue one. 
he went back around issue three, between like issues three and four. And now he has to go back. He's issue six. And he's like, I have to go back. And he, and he, he just like broke the barrier in like the very first issue to leave. So he has to constantly go back. He's like, oh, boy. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> so, yeah, the surfer and Mantis leave and then the obliterator looks sad. He's just left there. Good. I mean, he's kind of comical looking, but I mean, like I said, he's a, you know, cosmic. He's a serial killer. Yeah. Basically, he's a murderer. He just likes to kill people. I'm fine with him being sad. I wish he was sadder. So we go back to the scrolls and the Kree and the scrolls have a trap set. Oh, sorry, the Kree have a trap set for the scrolls and the scrolls have managed to manage to completely miss it. Almost left it on purpose. So now the supreme intelligence needs to figure intelligence needs to figure out what is going on. You know he's checking all of his gen, three generals: Fedor, Muscat, Nanora, and Nullet, who's like his little, it's almost like a pet. It's like a tra- like a helper monkey. You know, trying to like take care of the stuff for him. You know? Like uh, the space ghost, he used to have a monkey like yeah, like that. Exactly. Or Gleek from the Super Friends. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out that they do have a... The scrolls do have a have a, a spy there. We just don't know who it is yet. But back to Mantis and Silver Surfer as they're flying through space. Silver Surfer's still in his, I don't care about things. And Mantis is like, uh-huh, tell me more. <laughs> it's like, you like me, deal with it. <laughs> And apparently he does, because um, I'm guessing stuff happens here. Yeah. The way that page is done with them kissing and then they're flying through <laughs> the asteroids. Yeah, and they're upside down. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering, if that is that the cosmic version of, like, you know, watching an old movie and seeing, like, the people kiss and then, like, a train goes through a tunnel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking maybe, yeah. Uh, but back to the supreme too, intelligence like, it's Sorry, a pretty oh. small panel too compared to like the one at the side where the silver surfer is yelling I'm thinking it's because they want to hide the fact what's happening you know, we're trying to imply it we don't want to show it exactly which is, you know it's fair yeah but then we head back to supreme intelligence and he has decided I still have no hard evidence so I'm going to kill Nellet because I can't, his, his premise is, I can't figure, I don't have enough evidence to see anything. So me, it's perhaps it's because the evidence has gone missing. And Nullet's the only one who, you know, actually has access to my information banks and could actually change things if he was a scroll. So he fries him. So poor little monkey thing gets killed. I mean, he's just scratching his ear before he gets killed. I don't like that. <laughs> and it turns out it's Nenora. Yes, she is a scroll. And in fact, now she is put in charge of the fleets. Oh, oh sorry. No, wait, no, sorry. The other way. Nonora is there to now work directly with the Supreme Intelligence. Her fleets are under someone else's command, but now she is the person right next to the Supreme Intelligence, which is probably worse for the Kree. And meanwhile, bound space, Shalabal sends a message to the surfer that apparently the Kree is coming toward them to attack. 
Yeah, and then as we saw on, I guess, year three, like he vowed to protect uh, Zen Law from after he came back. Yeah, even though he left, he still is, if you have a problem, I will be here. So he is going to drop uh, Mantis off in a world of vegetation so she can head to Earth herself while he will go back to Zen Law. And next, war on Earth, war on Zen Law, war on Krilar. It, it's a good blurb, you know, for the last, for the next issue, you know. Helps get get you excited. Exactly. All right, so let's move on to number seven. Triangle. So we got, uh, yeah, so we got the cover with the surfer. He has the power cosmic, and then Mantis is sitting on a tree. Yeah, one of the more, more symbolic cover than what actually happens. But close enough. Yeah. But he fly, yeah, we get him dealing with some Kree that are hanging around outside of a Zen La, blowing up a couple, sh- just blows up the ship, just flies right through it. Right, yeah. Like, he doesn't have time to, like, deal with that, and then... I'll just fly through you, smash everything in the way, and the ship blows up as he leaves. Now, let's, quick question on that one. I don't see anything coming off the ship. Can we just assume that every Kree on there is dead now? Probably, yeah, especially if they're, like, if the ship is destroyed and then, like, their bodies just fly out into space, yeah, probably. Okay. Just just checking on these things, because sometimes, you know, it comes up whether some of these characters kill or not. It's like, no, I think a lot of them do kill, actually. Especially when they get to more of these war issues. Yeah, the Surfer, I don't don't think, has a strict rule about killing. I mean... I remember he he did kind of kill uh, Quasimodo all the way back in a uh, Fantastic Four. Or I'm misremembering that issue. Anyway, I'm trying to remember. I know he did deal with Quasimodo, but I don't remember. Possibly, I don't remember. But maybe that's. It. I mean, I guess there's a difference between killing up one being and kill just like destroying a ship and flying right through, going by. Yeah, it's a little different. It's more detached. But so the the Kree apparently are big fans of anime. Yeah, they have these huge mechas. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And this is like 1987, so I guess this is like you know right when that was huge, like the toy robots, like yeah, Transformers. Oh, Transformers were huge at this time. Yeah, and even like Marvel, they were publishing Transformers. So. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of, like, tie-ins between the two. Yeah, Transformers were pretty big. Voltron had... I mean, Voltron wasn't as big anymore, but Voltron had just had been big for, you know, up until, like, a year or two before. At least. Because I remember having one of those big... I had one of those big metal Voltron figures where you had all the lines transformed into Voltron. Marvel even did, like, an early one, Shogun Warriors. Yep. Like, these... Apparently, like, they're, like, kind of like Transformers or just, like, these toy robots that, that you just fight with. Yeah, my cousin had one of them. I think, I, at least, have, well, probably have, possibly have more than one, but I just knew about one. I think it's, like, it had one of the ones that, like, you know, the fist flies off. Oh, yeah, yeah I love the vice grip. Yeah. So they have these giant robots, and they're looking around Zen Law. Because, yeah, the Kree basically don't want to deal, don't want to worry about other planets getting involved. So their premise is... Well, let's just smash these planets, and then they can't get involved. They don't have a chance of joining the Skrulls. And then the Surfer comes back. Just <laughs> yeah. 
right through them. Yeah, that's it. This is a great panel. Only like like this, like just the way the surfer just goes through it. Little boom in the background. I, I love the page before where they're thinking they're so hot. They're like thousands of Kree soldiers <laughs> manning two destructoids. Imagine what those primitives must be thinking. And Shalabal just talks him calmly, you know, put you know, like on a loudspeaker or something. Kree soldiers, this is Shalabal, Empress of Zenla. You are commanded to leave our world at once or face the one who protects us. The one? One what? And then the server just flies right through one of them. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a perfect setup. So, yeah, the surfer engages them in battle. Which does not take very long. I mean, they shoot him once or twice. But, yeah, doesn't do much more than stun him a bit. And then he basically just takes him apart pretty damn quickly. Although I do like that. He says, the Kree are not as fanatical as the, scroll- as the scrolls. You know, and then when he finally, you know, after the ship is down, he goes inside to talk to him. One of them starts to shoot him, calling him silver scum. He's like, well, most of them are not fanatics. Because the commander's like, uh, dude, stop it. <laughs> this guy just took us all apart in like 30 seconds with his bare hands. Do you think your gun is going to do anything? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm telling you the same thing I told the scrolls. This planet is off limits. If you force me to, I will join the other side then. So, go. You know, he's like, I, I, I'll, I'll tell the... It's not up to me. I will tell the supreme intelligence, but that's all I can do. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to make sure you don't do anything because I'm leaving soon. So I'm, I'm just going to drag you out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, get you yourself just... ready now. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has a little bit of a talk with uh, Shalabal. Yeah. Where he proves how immature he is in, you know, relationships. I have someone else now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean based on everything that happened it's fine I don't think there's an issue with him having somebody else it's not you know what I mean they they kind of and their relationship did pretty much end yeah they like she openly said like she didn't want to like have a relationship and that the server got mad and then you know now now this happens so. he's rubbing in her face absolutely yeah so like catty and bitter, like he's just—he's a child. Yeah, he's very childish. Yeah, he's very much like in a teenager stage right now. Yeah, which is weird because he's supposed to be like very like always oh, hundreds of years old at least. Yeah, but I wonder if after being working for Galactus and the fact that we—I forget if it comes up just be- if it came up already before or if it's just something that comes up later—that a lot of his memories were kind of wiped a bit to make him more able to, you know, sacrifice planets. Yeah, that that was like a big thing. So it's almost like when he left Earth, like when he when he came to Earth and like issue Fantastic Four 48 to 50 and rebelled, that's almost kind of like a a rebirth. Yeah, the kind of triggered a memory for him. So he's very much like a child on Earth learning about things, and now he's left left home for the first time. You know, now he's allowed to go out. Now, now he can actually go out into the universe, or out into you know, he's you know he's living away from home for the first time, learning how to do things on his own. Yeah, exactly. I do like her reaction though. 
<laughs> I didn't turn to Mantis in a reaction to anything you did. Mantis? Some bug woman? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she gets a little petty about it, too, but it's, you know, he's kind of, you know, pressing the button, so it's understood. <laughs> and speaking of Mantis, she oh. has come out of a tree on Earth. She always has his intro text. I noticed Mantis at the very top. Yeah. Are so are her clothes part of her, or because it looks like they're growing as as she's moving. Like when she first comes out, she's naked, and then we see a belt around her. And you know, the last panel of this first page she's on, like it's like half her outfit's there. Maybe it's a coloring thing. Like maybe the colorer put that in. I. I, I mean, I don't know, but it looks like it's not just coloring. Like it could be color, like. It looks like, you know, the lines are drawn. Um, oh, anyway. yeah, yeah, I see the lines. So, um, it's like Mystique. You always have to wonder, are those clothes or is that you? It's only in, like, a compromising position, the way that she's, like, uh, hunched down like that. Yeah. Although, to be fair, they don't, They. it's kind of, <laughs> not try, and again, not trying to make, say, good, bad for anything, but it's kind of indicative of times they'll do that plenty then but it's also not so uh drawn for a focus yeah like she's bent over you know we see her from behind like crawling up the tree but you know it's just like the anatomy is just there it's not there's no special attention to her ass basically in the drawing at least as far as i'm telling yeah so, yeah it's, it's mostly just like a normal view like just a regular view yeah, it's not like a sexualized version of like, look at her ass. Yeah. Which yeah. I could assume they might have done that intentionally, you know, they, if they wanted to, they could have. Because, I mean, that first panel when she comes out, it's very provocatively drawn. Sort of tasteful, like the way they the um, Rogers kind of draws it, though. Yeah, it's everything's covered up just enough to know that she's coming. I mean, it makes sense the way she's coming out. She's not going to have clothes, especially yeah. if it grows on her. But anyway, oh, so she's a, sorry. Before going. we move on, there's an ad on the other side for a Marvel tryout book. Oh yeah, I so remember that, that book came out. So it's just like you. So it's like uh, how to draw comics the Marvel way, like something like that. Yeah, it was a little different. Yeah, it came out. It actually had like instructions of what to do and like pay. Like it was a larger size. It was like almost like treasury sized, from what I remember seeing. Hmm. Where like you could actually practice or even. They even had a contest for people to send in, like, their tryouts of writing or drawing or inking, whatever. Oh, in you fact, could even put a coupon. Yep. In yeah. fact, somebody got a job through that. Oh, really? Mark Bagley. That's how he started. Oh, huh. that's, that's kind of cool. So, I, I think whatever they spent to do that was worth it for them. It was very worth it, yeah. Because we got Mark Bagley out of that. Yeah, Mark Bagley, and you know he's he's been working in Marvel for like he's working now. Like he's yeah, I, he, he was. Like, I mean, he did some early stuff, or you know, shortly a year or two after this. But I mean, he was drawing New Warriors when that came out in issue in 1990. He was the initial artist in issue one. Yeah. So within three years, he had a series. I never had one. I would like to get one. Just not like I'm gonna. Well, one thing, it's too late to send anything in, but I would I would just love to have one just to actually see what it looked like. Look at it. Check it out. Yeah, it looks intriguing, especially like it's a art board, like printed on full size heavyweight Marvel art board. So, so it must be like 
like it's 11 to 17 so that's that's pretty big yeah because they, obviously they're gonna have you trying out writing or you know draw i mean writing is different but if you're gonna try out penciling or inking they got to make sure it's give you the regulation but mantis back to the story mantis has shown up near where the uh elders are meeting on earth all yeah, hanging they, out in the forest yeah they they say like you know ego the living planet didn't work out so they have to they had to find another place and we also see one or two new ones i think or at least one or two ones are mentioned because i mean we saw the possessor and traitor last time but now we have the astronomer yeah i'm sorry astrologer yeah, the astrologer and then who's the other one uh well, the, the Possessor is the one with the staff. Oh, Possessor, yeah, okay. And then the Traitor is the little blue guy with the uh, with the orange hair. Oh. He looks like he doesn't belong here. No, he doesn't. He, he looks like very... Yeah, his style looks very different from, like, the other ones. So, like, the runner, he's, he's just relaxing in the hot spring. Yeah, I I like that bit. Everyone else is standing there, but the runner's the one who's like, oh, this is nice. This is cool. I yeah, like this part. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's just like, he's he's like dunking his head in. Like, yeah, it's very cool. So they're talk their meeting is to talk about their plan to kill Galactus. And everybody, here's the reason one of the here's the reason why we're doing these issues for this show. Yeah. Gardner says, the trick, of course, is destroying Galactus, but we are very close to accomplishing it. With the limitless power of the six soul gems, like the one I wear upon my brow. There, see, there's why. This is where the soul gems were last before we get to Infinity Gauntlet. So this is actually the soul gem. If this is the only one, because, you know, all five others were destroyed in uh, during during the battle. But when, like, Adam Warlock defeated, uh, died, and then defeated Thanos. Yeah, so this is obviously the one that he was wearing. But it turns out that they are not gone. Uh, there we go. They, they were hurled through hyperspace at the exact instant of the fit, you know, because they were because st- Thanos had all five of those gems in a big synthetic gem, which is the one he was using to destroy stars. Yeah. And when that was destroyed, everyone thought they were destroyed, too, but they actually were sent into hyperspace. The only so only gem left was the Adam Warlock soul gem, which was put on his grave. And that's the one the gardener took, which we saw when we covered Hulk 248 in whichever early part of this Wilden Shears. Although, is it miscol- Is the Hulk miscolored there, too? Because in the Marvel Limited, Mar- Hulk is miscolored as having Caucasian skin. Uh, In the print version I have, he's green. He looks fine, so I guess. Yeah. Um, that might be an error on the device. Yeah, it's something I'm unlimited because I've read this more than once, this issue more than once, and it's always always catches me. It's like, that is just so weird looking. The thing is now what they need to do is get, uh, they need to get all five of those gems. And uh. it turned out the collector already had one. So that's two. And the champion got the third gem when we came, you know, because there was a trophy on a planet where he was, you know, he ended up, you know, being the champion as well. So they have three of them. And the trader was able to find two more. So, so they, they have, have five of them. Six. Yeah, they have five of them. They only need to get one more. And then Sounds they are like ready to go. Um... He is, yes, he is being whiny. Or, oh, well, it's 10 o'clock. He's being whiny early. Let's just, fi- do you mind? Let's finish seven and then I'll take him out. We'll, we'll do a quick pause, take him out, and then come back and finish up. Sounds good. 
All right, so let's just finish this one. He can- right. My sister's dog, like, she, she, he does the same thing. Like, he just whines when he wants something. Mm-hmm. Then he is very vocal. He will whine, he will yelp, he will make little noises. He's very pathetic. Aren't you, buddy? Unfortunately, before we get to find out more, the gardener finds out that Mantis is betra- is botching because, well, the po- apparently he has better control of the plants than she does. Yeah. They will not let her go. And so she heads up, so she leaves that body. Yeah, and she sends a signal, it seems. Which may, you know, and meanwhile, back to the Silver Surfer talking to the uh, Kree. He's like, let me talk to Supreme Intelligence. So he heads over to you know, Kree Lar to talk to them. All right, never mind. I think we might have just cut it now or else we'll never get through this. That's fine. Go, go ahead, right. Al. Just when you thought it was safe to hear our podcast promo. Brave and bold, comic books, JL May. JL May, brave and bold, comic books, JL May. JL May, brave and bold, comic books, JL May. The annual podcast crossover event celebrating the Justice League is back. And we're covering the 2007 Brave and the Bold series that started with Mark Wade and George freaking Perez and ended with J. Michael Straczynski. Throughout the month of May, participating podcasts will release special episodes on issues in the run. It all kicks off in the Overlooked Dark Knight podcast. Follow the event on social media using the hashtag JLMay2023. Coming this May. JLMay do 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 brave and the bold do 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 comic books do 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 Mephisto. Hey, that it? Is that what you want? Things I do for this show. And we're back. So, yeah, the surfer is confronting the Kree Supreme Intelligence. Yeah, because the surfer is like, look, leave Zenla alone. I don't want to get involved in your crap. You don't want me involved. And it's actually pretty easy. Supreme Intelligence is like, done. It's like, your world is not really technologically advanced. So, you know, you got no real military significance. You're not really important. Anything else? And this is where the surfer gets tripped up. He's like, well, now you mention this. I do have a sympathy for Earth, so could you leave them away alone? He's like, no. <laughs> He's like, that has the Inhumans, you know, that we've experimented. We have Inhumans. The Avengers have caused problems. Uh, Rick Jones basically almost stopped the, the last war, the last war by himself. Yeah, no, we have a, uh, I'm not, I'm not leaving Earth alone. And then and- he blasts the surfer. Yeah, a really good panel here with the, you know, the all the Kirby crackle and all that. Yeah, and the the, the big the word balloons, the surfers ah and the zzz. Yeah. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, I like the zzz part. It looks it looks kind of like the electricity. It's pretty cool. Because and the surfer is down and the Nora's like, "What did you do?" He's like, "I stole his soul." Because this is where the sixth soul gem is. The supreme intelligence has it. 
And the contemplator is there because he's been trying to get them, you know, trade for it, you know, get the the supreme intelligence to give it to the elders. But no, he's like, no, I need this. But the surfer is no longer a problem. Retroactively, of course, we have to go, well, that shouldn't work because the actual soul gem is held by the gardener. So you can't steal his soul because at this time they just, you know, they were just known as the soul gems. It was assumed they all did the same thing. Oh, and yeah, and then they all are, they're supposed to have like different properties. Yeah, but that wouldn't come about till later. Oh, okay. Yeah, that 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 won't come about until Thanos Quest miniseries, which is where Thanos goes looking for the gems, which leads directly into Infinity Gauntlet, and that's where the whole space ta- space gem, time gem, etc. comes up. Now, at this time, they were all just called the Soul Gems. But since the Thanos quest, I mean, Thanos comes back in Silver Surfer 34. So we're talking a few years from here. But my no prize reasoning is that's the mind gem. Okay, yeah, that that probably is right, given, like, what happens in the next issue. Yeah, so, like, as far as the Supreme Intelligence is concerned, what does he know the difference? You know, whether he actually stole their soul or just ripped, you know, pulled their mind in. As far as he's concerned, same, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. You know, same effect as far as he's concerned. That's just right in case anyone's listening and nitpicking a bit like, well, that, but the sir, but that's not what, there's only one soul gem. You can't steal soul. So that's my no price version. It's the mind gem. All right. On to the weird issue of this, of this batch. Silver Surfer number eight. As the surfer on the cover is facing an orange dragon with like a green octopus head. Yep, the uh, dragon, and then he's fl- on a bird, like a large, like one seems yeah, to be a hawk. Yeah, he's flying on a large silver bird. I don't know. Maybe Marshall Rogers watched Silver Hawks a bit when he, you know, a few years ago. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> this is very surreal. It is, I mean, yeah. Basically, for the most part, this is the surfer's brain trapped inside the supreme intelligences. I mean, we start off. He's, he's sitting in a chair. He's living, like he's like on an Earth-style house. And Shalabal is there wearing a Fantastic Four costume with an apron over it, cooking something he's that looks like that. a tennis racket. I like the – he's reading the Daily Bugle, and then it's like there's a little Mad Magazine reference in there. What? Me worry? And he's wearing a trench coat, a fedora, and sunglasses. Yeah. And there's just like garbage and stuff piled up. And I like this. Honey, where are my pipe and slippers? I don't know, honey. Have you looked under the rat? Because there's a silver rat. (laughs) (laughs) And it gets weirder from here. As like, it's very surrealistic as the surfers in this mindscape trying to figure out what's going on, looking for things. And Shalabal turns into Mantis. Yeah. She, She like directly turns into Mantis and she changes clothes too. Couple times. Meanwhile, the surfer is looking for, yeah, his pipe, which is actually a spoon that he lights. Yeah, it's and like then smoking a spoon. Then he looks for like the rat. And then the door knock, knocks. Oh yeah, where's the rat? I like that, honey. Where's my rat? I don't know. Have you looked under the pipe? And while he's sifting through the garbage on the floor, there's a <coughs> knock, and it's Cree soldiers. Yeah, they just barge in and then start beating him because they don't like the way you think until the rat attacks and Surfer runs away. Very nice, like, 
MNC is outside. Very nice, like uh, kind of Ditko style panel with all the little lines on the top. Oh, yeah. It's very surreal. I mean, like down where he's running, it looks like he's just running in front of houses. But the sky is just like. Yeah, it's like more of the house. It's like the houses are like a background almost. And it's like they're un- being unfold like a, a flat background and they're being unfolded out. And they go out and it's like infinity, almost like this whole Mobius strip of like that whole, like you said, that whole Dicko thing. Like whatever you do in Altered Dimension, it's always like just these weird pathways to walk yeah. on. And we get some little uh, inserts of the Nora, you know, talking, you know, communicating with the scrolls, giving them her information. And then back to the good stuff, which is the surfer walking through a desert now. And there's a silver coyote, Look, I guess. Yep. Who's talking to him? Reminds me of that uh, episode of The Simpsons where Homer eats that uh, thing. It was like a like a really spicy chili, and then he has like an hallucination. Oh, okay, I kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then he meets like a talking coyote who was played by Johnny Cash. <laughs> I do like that. You talked. You listened. What happened to Shalabal? I mean Mantis. No, I mean Shalamantis. Sha, but shaman? <laughs> I guess he's trying to find the ship name in case people just ship Shalabalamantis. <laughs> so I guess that would be the official name, Shaman? I mean, you might get confused for an Alpha Flight fan. But yeah, he's listening to the, the, the Silver Coyote tells him to listen to the plants. And the plants say Mantis has been captured by the elders on Earth. And then uh, he meets the Contemplator. Yeah, or the psychic image of him, because he, they can't, he's just he doesn't look as complete as the others as they do. Yeah, he's, he's like an illusion. And we find out that the one of the reasons that the uh, supreme intelligence won't give them the soul gem is because the soul gem ho- holds the minds within together. You know, yeah, and will eventually assimilate the silver server's mind too. He needs the soul gem because he has now pink Cree minds in there as well, and he knows that those all all those years of hatred. Will be a problem for the blue minds and so, that are absorbed in him. So he needs a soul gem, which makes more sense that it might be the mind gem. Keep everything under control. So all the pink, like pinky, or like all the Kree inside of him apparently try to attack. But the plants are helping him, as well as his silver coyote. Yeah. Even gives him a ride on his back. And meanwhile, Chalabal has like. Heard in the last issue, she briefly heard a, a, a plant. She briefly thought she heard a plant say, well, I guess say, but cyclically say mantis. Yeah. So she's trying to commune with mantis to see what's going on. Yeah, she, she's having a mixed feelings, though. She's saying, like, I don't even like her, but but she does send, like, a signal with mantis on it. Because, I mean, she's a bit more adult about it than he is. I guess she's had to be. If she's, I mean, if she's had to become the ruler of the planet and actually, as far as we could tell, be a beneficial ruler, not like tyrant, then she had to grow up a bit. Yeah. And plus, she didn't have the whole Galactus thing happening to her. So her emotions were not stunted. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she's not thrilled about everything that's happened. She even says, like, here, it's like, uh, the, the name of Mantis, the woman who took Norn from me. But that is only what I'd like to believe that she took him from me. In fact, I drove him away with my responsibilities towards our people. She's a bit more of a self-understanding of self-understanding than he does right now. Yeah, she she has a more priorities straight. Yeah, and she understands. She's like, I have this priority, so I kind of told him that. So I mean, 
did she steal him or did I push him away? You know, is it more since I pushed him away, she was there for him? I might not be her biggest fan, but it's not like, you know, she did this thing to me, took him. Back in the Silver's Mindscape, he now has a hawk instead of because the, the thing keeps changing from a rat to a dog to a hawk. Yep. And then they're attacked by that dragon octopus mixture that we saw on the cover, which is really cool looking. Yeah, it's a very good design. And this, the thing keeps telling them, you are not alone. You are not alone. You know, whether Those it's a rat like, or the dog or the bird. There's a neat image here where he's like standing on the bird as if it were like a surfboard. Like it's just. Oh, and the first time he jumps on it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. And I like how, because it's like a different, like this mindscape thing. So like they play around the panels a bit. Like on that page, there's three panels, but only two of them have borders. The other one is just the white background of the page with them and like the bottom corner of it flying yeah and and even like the top panel like the borders are very uh squiggly it looks kind of like a stamp so rogers is having a little bit of fun with the design on this issue he he has a little bit more looseness to work with and then the cool thing is is you can still follow it yeah there's it's even though he's having some fun with it it's not like you're looking at this going i don't know what to read next you know we don't need arrows to tell us where to go which, when I was younger, I thought that was kind of a cool thing, but the older I get, the more I'm like, that kind of implies they're not really telling the story very well. If you don't know yeah. where to go next. You know, if you're a comic, however well they however they design it, it should st- you should still have some idea of what you how to read it. Absolutely, like what yeah. Com- what comes next? That's just basic, that's the basic storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the surfer's being attacked by the Supreme Intelligence... His uh, the Kree scientists are experimenting on the board, and then the board decides to take off on its own. <laughs> then and just heads, yep, heads directly to the surfer. Yep, right into the supreme intelligence, and to me, to me, my bird, because he realizes I am not alone. I have my board, which is as one with me, and he's able to use that to fly right oh. out of the supreme intelligence head. And grab the gem. Which is not good for the Supreme Intelligence. I like his expression. Like, he looks disappointed. <laughs> I like Ooh. it. It's like, no, not mind. Pink, blue, fight, battle, war, annihilation, eagle dog, gemstone, dead, great doom, boom, boom, rah, goom, yawn, finally, free. So, uh-oh. Not good for Supreme Intelligence. Yeah. And also not good for the Kree. And meanwhile, because remember, like we said, Mantis has been captured by the Eter- by the Elders. Yep. So Shalabal's message has been answered by the Gardener. Yeah. One of the few times the Gardener's actually kind of threatening. Especially, like, with, with how imposing he looks on the panel. Yeah, I mean, he's usually not he's usually not the threatening one. I mean, let's face it, if you have to deal with any of the elders, it's like, okay, could it be the gardener? He's kind of chill. Yeah, and also, like, it's just not an intimidating, like, name. Although he does put it in a way here. It's like, uh, so your message has been answered, plant woman, but not by the weed I plucked. You and Mantis are both weeds to the elder who mastered plants five billion years ago, the gardener. All right, people, almost there. But that one, 
that might be my favorite out of these five about these of these five because that's just so weird and trippy yeah plus i just love those first few pages with him in the house it's like do you look under the rat oh yes under the rat yeah i really like you know like marshall rogers did did like a great job with the way like he depicted this world oh yeah all right on to nine where we have a variation of the floating heads we have six of the elders look but they're inside the soul gems so that's kind of cool that's like a way of doing that and they're surrounding galactus who looks like he's in pain and on the outside looking in we got the surfer and nova as you know, we start off with the, the elders me again, and the contemplator telling them what happened, that the surfer basically has the sixth gem now. But they have Shalabal and Mantis. And also the fact we find out that, you know, the Kree are in trouble now because their leader is gone, basically dead. Yeah. And there is no plan of succession because I guess they figured probably, well, who would, nothing could happen to the great supreme intelligence. Yeah, like that was like they're they were supposed to follow his exact commands, and now that it's uh, dead, and so apparently the supreme, he, you know, the contemplating tells him the supreme supreme intelligence's chief and coordinator Nenora has assumed control of the empire, which the possessor finds hilarious, <laughs> because out of all the elders, he's the one that knows she's a scroll. Yeah, he, so because the weird thing is, yeah, with his name. He's about knowledge. He says, I've lived 5.5 billion years solely possessed knowledge. Like, okay, I get that. I guess that's how you say it's possessor. But you say possessor. I'm thinking he, like, you know, likes to possess people or something. Yeah, I think a better word would be, like, I don't know, intellectual or maybe, like, scholar. Mm. Like, scholar would be because, you know, all of them end with, like, a R, like, you know. Runner, correct. contemplator, obliterator. Contemplator. Yeah. So I think Scholar might be a better, or maybe they don't want to confuse him with another character by that name. I can't think of anyone who has that name, though, so. Yeah. And yeah, Scholar would at least, because, I mean, here's the thing. All the other elders, you say their name, it's pretty easy to know what they're into. Yeah. The Collector, well, I know he does. The Gardener, the Runner, hey, that's simple. The Possessor, what does he do? I mean, the Grandmaster is the only one that's a little bit confusing. But compared to... It sounds too much like a collector. Like, it just sounds... Like, they kind of mean the same thing. Or Yeah, it sounds like he either wants to have... He either possesses people or he wants <laughs> to have things like the collector. Yeah, it makes it... But, oh, well, I guess what we got to do, go back to the 80s and tell them to rename them? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, all right. So the surfer knows, and he is contacted by the gardener. It's basically like... This is where we are. Oh, bring the gem because we have Mantis and Shalabal. So if you don't want them dead, bring us the gem. And he gets there. And again, both Shalabal and and, uh, Mantis have more maturity than him. They're both like, yeah, these jerks want to kill everything in the universe. Um, Yeah, don't give it to them. We don't want to die, but... That this is not the, this trade off is not worth it. We're all going to die anyway if they destroy destroy the universe. So what's the point? But the surfer, of course, is like, nope. Here's your gem. And of course, the grandmaster cheats and throws that to his son into his son, 
the ball, like the little energy ball they're stuck in. But he's able to get there in time, and is only can sa- can only save one. So unfortunately for Mantis, it's Shalabal. And so Serper is pissed. Now I gotta need to look up about what time because I know Mantis shows up in West Coast Avengers for a while, and I'm wondering if this is the point where she shows up. Maybe. Because, I mean, we're not going to see her for a while here, but she ain't dead, people. And meanwhile, uh, we get Nova flying around. Because the Elders have used the gem's power to basically send a fake signal to Galactus, making him think it's Nova saying, I found the planet, when it's not. Oh, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. it. It's it's Yeah, they made a fake flare that looks exactly like the one she would send out to Galactus. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's that's what, uh, okay, yeah, that's what they, okay. Galactus is not pleased. He goes, arrogant to divert the course of my natural cadence. These are the elders, Nova, the oldest beings in the universe. Only I, born in the previous universe, have achieved a greater age. You know, he he, kind of knows what's going on. Yeah, because they're they're all hopped up, ready to kill him. It's like, you're as old as you'll ever be, alien. Because and they have their gems all set up, and basically what they're doing is sucking the energy out of Galactus and sending it to these other planets. So they're basically starving him. And I'm wondering now, as this thing's happening, is this? I mean, I I know obviously they didn't plan it, but this kind of works well as like a hint of what's to come. As Nova's trying to help him, he's like, "Useless, Harold. I knew what the gems were, but." In all the millennia, only Thanos ever gathered them, and he knew. So it almost works as like a, a like a little hint towards the Infinity Gauntlet stuff. Yeah, he, yeah, sort of, especially like the way they're used and like their power. If, if they could like attack uh, being like Galactus. Yeah, he's just lucky they don't really know how to use them. Because you know, they're yeah. using them as like a power source, basically, when they could actually just wipe him off like that with the gems. But it's working. They're killing him. And then the Silver Surfer shows back up. Basically yeah, using can... his silver skin to block the beam and kind of reflecting it. As he tells, you know, the Nova, I'll protect your Galactus. You have to destroy these planets. And we get a little bit of perspective here, like change. I mean, this is the one thing that Surfer has an advantage of having been and spent so long in space and doing this kind of stuff. Because there was like, I can't get near them. She's like, are you still so new to space? Destroy the sun. <laughs> the sun holds the planets. You destroy that sun. Those planets are gone. Presumably, like, she just adds a bunch of mass to the star and then it becomes a black hole. It's sucking everything in. The elders, the gems, the Surfer, Nova. And we get some really cool designs and colors here. It's like everything's being pulled in like yeah. down the drain. Yeah, it's a really good. Uh, yeah, it's a really good um, depiction here. Like all the colors and especially like the last page where, where like the surfer and like all the energy is coming out of Galactus. Yeah, because basically revert doing that kicked everything back into Galactus and he's He's now full again. It's so much like you can see how big this is, this black hole that like mm-hmm. everything is getting small. Like we can barely even see where the, where the surfer is. Yeah. And in fact, the panels are even like 
because everyone's so flying around. Like you can see from the word balloons, people are like the word balloons are like on different angles. Reminds me of when when I was in college, I did actually see it was part of a class. We did actually see what happens when you go into a black hole, and it had lines just like that, like one of the last pages. Oh, cool! That sounds neat. But there is one thing that's apparently more powerful than a black hole, and that's Galactus. And he's able to pull, able to catch some of them, including the Surfer and Nova. Yeah, he just puts them in like a giant net. Yeah, <laughs> he goes fishing. And now, Nats, now we shall have a reckoning. But yeah, I'm looking up, by the way. So the same month as this was West Coast Avengers 30. I'm trying to see on the covers if I can see Mantis. I don't exactly see her, but I know Inglehart was writing it, so there's a pretty good chance that Mantis is there. Probably. Oh, on my copy, there's an ad for Marvel Masterworks. It's like oh. Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, and the Uncanny X-Men. Yeah, this would be about the time they started doing them. Yeah. I, In fact, I have, and I did have, four of them back then. I don't know how I got them, because I could not afford them myself. It must have been a gift or a present, maybe a present or something. But did, I had... Did they uh, sell? Oh, sorry. What did you say? No, no, no. Did, uh, did they sell them in, like, bookstores, or, like, would they sell them in, like, the like the newsstands? Oh, they definitely weren't sold at newsstands because they were hardcovers. They would be either comic stores or maybe bookstores. Oh, okay. I do have one, at least one, like the older Masterworks. It's like The Amazing Spider-Man. I, the, is it the first 10 issues? Because I had that one, too. No, no, it isn't. It's like the 10 issues after that. Okay, yeah. I had the one with the, first, the, the Spider-Man one. I had the one of Avengers one to ten, and I had the two X Men, the first two X Men. So one <laughs> issues one to twenty one of X Men. I also have Fantastic Four. I only got that one because it had that uh, Michael uh, Cho cover, so like one of the newer ones. Yeah, that that would obviously be a newer one, yeah, because these ones just had, or at least the ones I had, just had like the masterwork design, and then it had like the one of the cover images from like the first, those issues. And in fact, with my parents having moved recently and found stuff, there was some stuff that they had that were my, that was mine that I didn't realize in their basement. I have at least one of my X-Men ones back. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. I mean, the the the, the cover, you know, not the hardcover itself, but, but the slipcase cover, I guess, is ripped to shreds. It's because I I was like 11, 12. Oh. So I wasn't worried <laughs> about keeping care of it, but I don't care. I have it back. That's awesome. All right, so real quick, I look through. I'm looking on the complete Marvel reading order, and I'm looking at Mantis's appearances. This is the issue we just did nine. This uh, the same month West Coast Avengers thirty came out. She doesn't show up right away, but her next appearances are in West Coast Avengers thirty seven, thirty eight, and thirty nine. So she does show up pretty soon. Ah, uh, okay. Steve Englehart was writing both of those. Yeah, that makes sense, and he's kind of. He's kind of, like, obsessed with Mantis, like, that particular character. Yeah. His creation. Some, you know, some writers like to bring, you know, have certain creations they like to use a lot. Yeah, and that Mantis was, like, his, and then... Because, yeah, because even after that, she appears in a couple issues of Fantastic Four. Because he was writing it. Hey. In no, fact, no, I'm on the it, last issue, number 10, and that it's uh, Walt Simonson. 
Oh yeah, it's a Simonson cover, which is pretty awesome. Galactus in Eternity. Yeah, it it has like you know yeah Simonson's you know that that brontosaurus signature yes. on the side. It's a dinosaur. Yeah, great great cover. Oh, of course. Well, this is the kind of cover thing that Simonson's excels at. I mean, this just huge grandeur of this is Galactus and Eternity together. Yeah. So Galactus has well half some of the elders went down the whole all the way down the black hole. He has. Let's see, he has the champion, the grandmaster, the gardener, the runner, and the collector. And he is pissed. As, as he would be. Yeah. And the grandmaster's like, Galactus <coughs> can't do anything to us. He can't kill us. I can't, I remember Death said we can't die. He's like, well, let Galactus like, well, let's see. Because I'm <laughs> going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. I mean, obviously he doesn't just pick them up and stick them in his mouth, but he converts them to energy and it just goes right in his face. And I do like that panel of him eating them, like where his whole, you can see like under his yeah, costume, it's just energy right now. Yeah, it just, it becomes like, yeah, he's just like, it's like a shell. Like he's just very cool. Yeah. And that's almost creepier looking. Like imagine if Galactus looked like that all the time. Yeah. That would be. That's more disturbing. Absolutely. It looks kind of like, like a Nihilus or Ultron, like with the, you know, big jaw, like robot. That's true. Yeah, it does kind of look like a Nihilus there because he has that energy thing inside of him. So similar looking. And you're right. Maybe that's why, because the Nihilus is kind of creepy looking. He's like, OK, well, this is done. You know, the other one's got sent to, to the black hole, the obliterator's prisoned, and we need to get the contemplator still, because so he sends nobody to get him, and asks the surfer for a favor to set, you know, to guide Nova back to where the contemplator is, please. And eventually the surfer agrees, and as they fly yeah, off... Uh, the Galact- like he notes, like, Galactus tries to appeal to him as, like, a free being, you know. Oh, that's kind of a good scene, you know, the Galactus being a little bit humble than having to. Especially this exchange. Your audacity amazes me. Am I not Galactus? Yeah, I, lo- I was going to say something about that part. Yeah, that is so odd. That is such a Galactus line. Yeah. As they fly off, the surfer stops. And he's like, You're going to wait here for a few minutes. He's like, Trust me. Just watch. And then space changes. Yep, and we see the being eternity. Yeah, Earth. and it's pretty cool how, like, you all of a sudden, like, all the stars and planets and everything in that area just kind of, like, condenses together and forms eternity. And so it's just Galactus meeting eternity in this white background because eternity has all that stuff is in him. And Galactus doesn't even look like Galactus anymore. He just looks like a being of pure light. Yeah, that, that's a cool, like, touch. Like, he just, because he's outside the bounds of, like, space, like, he just looks like, you know. Energy pure energy. And they're basically chatting with each other after having, you know, formal greetings. And basically find out that Eternity kind of set this all up. <laughs> 
he knew that the eternal uh, elders, I keep saying eternals, he knew what the elders wanted to do. And so he kind of nudged the uh, celestials to head over. Because remember, the la- our last episode, we talked about how the one celestial was hanging out upon one of the scroll planets where the one of the scroll leaders was. And that kind of freaked the scrolls out a bit. Yeah. And um, it's one of the things that set them off to go back into war. Yeah. Which thre- eventually threatened Zenla and sent the Silver Surfer there, you know, into getting getting involved to eventually go into the Supreme Intelligence. So it's kind of like all the big, you know, Eternity setting all these dominoes up. Yeah, it's kind of what he does. Like, that. that's just the whole thing. He just sets things up. I even like how Eternity talks about the Surfer when the Galactus says, the Surfer was the weak link in thine idea. No idea can descend into a manifestation without an imperfection. Yet the surfer served thee well for many cycles, often at great cost to himself. In the realms of below ourselves, there was none other more qualified to face the challenge. None other born of flesh who soared closer to the gods. And they shake. Which kind of reminds me of the big handshake scene in uh, at the end of Marvel vs. DC, if you've read that one. I think... Yeah, yeah, I have. It's the two been a while alien, bro- the the two representatives. Yeah, of the okay, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, the brothers when they decide to stop fighting and actually like say you've done well. Was that Marvel DC or was that JLA Avengers? I'm fairly certain it was Marvel. I, I, you have me wondering now, but I'm pretty certain it's Marvel vs. DC. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the image from JLA. Because yes. I'm pretty sure, because here's the thing I remember. JLA Avengers, I remember it was like Kismet and Eternity, I think it was, like, making out. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, now now I remember. Yeah, that was Kismet and uh, Eternity. But I remember from the other one, the thing I'm thinking of is them shaking, saying, you've done well, brother. Yeah, okay, yeah, the brothers were from, yeah, the, the Marvel versus DC and then Amalgam. yeah. Which some parts of the Marvel's DC were good, some were okay. That I thought was kind of cool, though. Still, and a nice uh, little intercompany com- intercompany thing, com- uh, company thing of like basically saying, "Yeah, we've both done pretty good." Yeah, we've both done some good stories. Yeah, I, I enjoy the the amalgam stuff. That's that's a really yeah. Anyway, Lobo, so, Lobo yeah, the duck is crazy. Lobo the duck, yeah. I tried to find yesterday. Uh, not yesterday. On Wednesday, I tried to find Spider Boy team up at the at my local comic shop. Couldn't find it, but then again, like at the comic shop, there's like a thousand comics with Spider in them, so maybe maybe it was there and I just didn't see it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, if it has the word Spider, it's gonna be hard to find. Yeah, it's like if it has the word Bat in front of it. You know, it's like good <coughs> luck. You're, just go swimming through it. See what you find. Yeah, but they shake. Yeah. And then things are back to normal, and Nova's just like, uh, what? And he laments like he lost Mantis in, in the course of this. Yeah, he's a little depressed. Oh, everything he did, he still lost Mantis. And we kind of almost like, it's almost like the end of a season. Yeah. A TV season, like, you know, because I mean... We're going off to, you know, they're going on to their next thing, which is to go get the Contemplator. But he's thinking of how everything started with, like, the Fantastic Four, wondering how they're doing. Of course, it's yeah. not 
you know, the four he met in issue one, uh, Reed, Sue, She-Hulk, and Thing. It's the new FF, which is the Thing, uh, Sharon, Miss the Sharon, yeah, Ventura. That's it. The Human Torch and Crystal. Yeah, and then the Thing who now is like the the the, the he had like a different form now at this point. Yeah, the pineapple, so. the pineapple form. Yeah, he's all spiky. And he even has like spikes. He kind of reminds me of Doomsday. He has those spikes on his el- on his elbows and knees. Yeah, you're right. He he does look kind of like Doomsday. Yeah. And then we also get a scene of the uh, of Minoro, who's now in charge of the Kree Empire, and she's getting an ambassador from a planet Wazula, who is a, a we already know because we've seen them several times in the series. That person is one of the scrolls. And so they're left alone to, you know, have their meeting. And it turns out that before the scrolls lost their shape-changing, they were lovers. Yeah, it's really nice the way they set it up, too. Because, you, you know, you find out eventually, you know, you know this one's a scroll. Then you find out Nenora is. Then you see them, they're the ones communicating together. You know, that's the one Nenora's communicating <laughs> with. So when you see them meet up here, you're like, oh, there we go. And then you find out they were lovers. Yeah. It's like, imagine now, I'm a Skrull, and I'm in charge of the Kree Empire, and no one knows, because, you know, because in fact, they're like, this person was the only one in the Skrulls who knew she was a Skrull. So it's just us, and you're the only one who knows. Here, drink this. Yeah. And then... Oh, poison. Yeah, poison, just... Like, sorry, I might love you, but I love being in charge of uh, ruling an empire more. <laughs> the question is to see, even though Nenora's a scroll, will that matter? Yeah, it's setting up like an interesting uh, plot thread here. Yeah, where it looks like the war might continue, even though it's a scroll in charge, because why should I be subservient to one of these warlords when I'm I can rule the whole Kree Empire. Yeah. And we end with Galactus with a little bit of indigestion. <laughs> I mean, come on, he's even rubbing his tummy. Even the rubbing it like he's like, those elders are difficult to absorb, but I have all of eternity. And then we can see out in space. We can actually, as he's floating, flying away, floating away from there, we can see there's a section of space that, like, the stars are going away. It's all blackness. And inside, we get this cool last page, full page spread of a giant skull. Yeah. You know, death saying, Dost thou, O disruptor? Death is not one ever to be ignored. Kind of reminds me of, like, I think there's a Starlin panel that looks kind of like this. Can't remember from where, though. I cannot remember from where, but when you say that, yeah, you're sparking a memory. That sounds similar to me. So, ooh, more stuff to come. Hopefully we'll get to that uh, next time. Yep. It's feedback time again, and this time we are doing feedback for episode 173, Generic Monster Voice, Wilderness Years Part 14 with guest Ren Chandler. And on Facebook, the posts about the episode got likes and shares from... Magazines of Monsters, Joe Sedano, Clinton Robinson, Jesse Starcher, Derek William Crabb, Gene Hendricks, Bill Bear, Paul Spataro, Ruth Sutherland, and Aaron Headmoss. On Twitter, we get likes and retweets from Justice Trek, Ghost Spider Groupies, Comics Over Time Podcast, 
Viet Nguyen, Capes and Lunatics Podcast Network, Alan Sharp, Doc Strange, Jason Snick Venable, Deno underscore Cosmic, Anti-Wife Equation, Truth, Justice, and Hope, Howard the Mario, colon, Hoskins Mode Trademark, <laughs> Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast, Comics in the Golden Age, Bill Ferrand, Joseph Birch, Maria Paz, Anizako, and Chris Leiden. And on Tumblr, yes, Tumblr, thank you Tumblr people, the post about the episode was liked by You Shall Be Newt, Beth and Eleni hyphen blog, Wolf in the Freezer, and EVP blog. Now, if you want to hear more from me, you can hear me pretty much every week on the L-E-G-I-O-N P-O-D cast. You can find that show on the Legion of Substitute Podcasters feed, link in the show notes. And on that show, we talk about the late 80s, early 90s DC sci-fi comic Legion. That is the acronym in Legion, not Legion of Superheroes. And in fact, we are actually talking about the second follow-up series, Rebels, from 2009. So we're not even in the 80s or 90s anymore. Why is it late 80s, 90s? I'm just used to it. And the most recent episode that came out this past Friday is part of this year's JLMA podcast crossover. So yes, if you don't know about it and you would have heard, well, rewind this episode because there was a JLMA promo right before. So that tells you everything you need to know. That episode is part of it. And our next epi- and the next episode of this show will also be part of JLMA with guest Tim Price. Ooh. Don't worry, Ren will be back in an episode or two after that to do more Silver Surfer. All right, you have comments. You have comments about um, the upcoming JLMA crossover. You have comments about these Silver Surfer issues. Whatever. Send me an email, resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. Or if you just want to hear your name mentioned when I tell you everyone else's name that liked and shared the episode, go right ahead. On Facebook, just look for our Facebook group. Just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos, we'll pop up. On Tumblr, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com, and on Twitter, at AdamThanosPod. Finally, this show is part of The Collective. The Collective was started by a few like-minded podcasters who wanted to network in the most traditional sense. It has become a repository for ideas, crossovers, and potential guest appearances, and you are going to hear a promo from one of the other Collective shows right now. From the time of his hatching, he was different. A potentially brilliant scholar who dreaded the structured environment of school. He educated himself in the streets, taking whatever work was available, formulating his philosophy of self from what he had learned of the world about him. And then the cosmic axis shifted, and that world changed. Suddenly, he was stranded in a universe he could not fathom. Without warning, he became a strange fowl in an even stranger land. Welcome to the one, and for some reason only, podcast about Marvel Comics' greatest talking duck, Howard the Duck, trapped in a world he never made. Hosted by myself, Noel, who's loved Howard since he was a kid. And me, Russell, who's not new to comics, but is new to Howard. We go through a couple issues from Howard's Marvel comic book history with some creator backgrounds, storied histories, and the weird world of 1970s comic books to today's. Get ducked up in a world he never made. Trapped in a world, the Howard the Duck podcast. Wow! Proud members of the collective. But for now, this was 6 through 10, so yeah, you can see that this, this is all about the soul gems. So they're, become, they're being used again one more time before Thanos will get his mitts on them. Plus, you know, Galactus <coughs> and the Elders is pretty cool. This was fun. I enjoyed, the, I enjoyed this story. It's a good story. I really like it. It has like a good concrete stakes. It features a lot of good uh, scenes. It has great artwork. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good run. 
and I, it's something I I like when they do for cosmic stuff where while it is all this great big stakes and this crazy cosmic stuff, I mean, that whole black hole scene and all that stuff, but the premise is still very relatable. Yeah. Someone's jealous. Yeah. He's jealous. And he, he it's, it's like the surfer's thing. Like he just, he still doesn't have like a real place to belong. Yeah. But I meant like the elders, they're just jealous that Galactus is older. Oh yeah. That too. And, and they're it, petty. So they're willing to destroy everything. So, I mean, yeah, you don't get the concept of, you know, no one's going to understand destroying the world, you know, the universe. But people could, you can get the concept, you know, whether you're on one side or the other, of someone being just petty and jealous of somebody who has something else that they want. Yeah. And therefore trying to, you know, ruin things just because they're not happy with somebody else having something they don't have. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it comes down to me, kind of like a th- like the whole Thanos with death. It's like, forget the whole thing about whether, you know, the concept of death. It's just some idiot who's in love with somebody and willing to do willing to do stupid things to prove to them how much they love them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, everyone can kind of, in one way or another, kind of relate to that. Now, hopefully most of us don't go to the extremes, nor are we as icky as Thanos can get with that sometimes. Yeah, um, he, he can get very possessive of it, of death and, you know, toxic. But let's face it, most of us have done something stupid, even if we're not toxic like that. Most of us have done something stupid because we like somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Who hasn't pretended to be into something because someone we liked was into it? Oh, yeah, I love that, too. Yeah, I have no idea what that crap is. But I'm going to say I like it because they do. Yeah, yeah, I I see what you mean. But anyway, so that was it. So tell people where to find you before right. they come back next time to find you here. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Ren Chandler, R-E-N underscore Chandler 4. Uh, there you can find a link to my Medium. And just in case, you can also find my Medium at medium.com slash at R-N-C-H. A N D R A M O U L I four two. So you can find me at either of those places. Um, I haven't had the energy to write a lot of medium stuff, but I'm hoping to get some over time. So keep a lookout for that. Cool. And I'll do my best to put links in the show notes, people. So make it easy to click on stuff. All right. Well, if things go well, we should be back either next time or the episode after at the latest with uh, 11 through six, 11 to 15 for now. That's it. Bye. Right. Bye. Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast is a fan made production and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page.
And we are back to cover the next five issues of the Silver Surfer series. Let me screw, I screw that up. Let me try it over again. <laughs> 